Hello, you're listening to the Canby Christian Church Podcast. This is an on-Sunday episode, the episode where the pastors get together in a dank basement and talk about what happened on Sunday. Today is a Tuesday, but this is on Sunday. I'm Cody. I'm Aaron. And I'm Rob. And we are going to talk about (laughs) this past Sunday, but also maybe a little bit of last Sunday. We've missed a week. It's been Um, a while. So sorry. I know all of you were missing us wanting to know what was going on with us and uh we took some spring break vacation time which Aaron, you which, got some camping in yeah but to that point we started the podcast in the first part of september and we have not we've only missed one week yep. besides this week and it was the week between christmas and new year yeah and uh so anyway the whole goal is to do these every week and you know when you do a weekly podcast or something like that it's hard to maintain that right it's all about maintenance and stuff and uh, but I'm we're pretty committed to it, and I think it's been a real blessing for us and a blessing for the church too. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to get to it every week. Life happens, and uh, <laughs> happens. you were at Disneyland, which you can talk about. I was camping at Lake Billy Chinook, which was is in Central Oregon, and I've been to Central Oregon a lot, but I haven't been to Lake Billy Chinook yet, and it was gorgeous. We went camping there for five days, four nights, had all the weather: wind, cold, hot. And uh, saw, you know, did the sightseeing thing, went to Smith Rock and went into Redmond, did different things. But other than that, the whole goal was just to get away and uh, have some fresh air. And we got to do all of that. Kind of the funny thing about the the trip, it's like expectations, right? My expectation was to get away and just spend time with my family. Our, Our friend Stephanie, she drove from Idaho to camp with us yeah. and and so it was cool to catch up with her because uh, we've known her for 14 years from our last church I mean I knew her when she was in high school and now she's like 30 or 31 years old so it's just a Is trip she really? yeah she's in her 30s it's <laughs> you're not supposed to we're say we're getting old yeah you're not well, supposed to say women's ages I'm just saying well when they're in their 30s they don't you know they don't care but when uh, <laughs> no I remember her in high school I would go teach at her Christian club in, in high school so it's so funny <laughs> to see her all grown up and now she's a counselor at a high school and uh, nice. I don't know it's a trip but um, we ended up meeting this family because my kids are just so ridiculously like make friends easy you know and I think a lot of kids do that but there was another family there with a, a daughter about the same age as my two girls and uh man they just instantly became best friends and so naturally it brought me and and my wife and this other uh, couple together and we started chatting and they ended up you know they go to a church in Beaverton and uh, we spent a ton of time with them so I don't know it was kind of it was funny in the sense that I'm, what I expected to have happen was just me and my wife and my kids and we just have quiet time as a family but it ended up just being you know hanging out with this other couple and meeting all these other people and and uh yeah. It, anyway, it, it was cool how the Lord kind of worked it all out. Um, and uh, but, yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Glad to be back, though. And yeah. glad that I didn't have to worry or think about writing a sermon because Rob jumped in there That's and right. took care of it this week. Yeah, so I was actually job. able to relax. But, yeah. But I was all alone. Well, you no, were. Ashley was here and Melody, but both of you guys were gone. Yeah. And so the week. office was strangely quiet, quiet and and uh, we, yeah, we didn't do the podcast. We had a lot that was kind of not on our plate because you guys hold, were gone. Yeah. So, which gave me a lot of time to focus, um, which sometimes is good and sometimes is also like, like you get sort of in a mode 
you, like you need breaks from hmm. like sermon preparation. If you just like sit and focus and oh, do that yeah, for no. your mind will turn into a pile of, you know, mashed potatoes. Uh, <laughs> because that's the way it felt at some point. So I had to get up and do different things, but but yeah, it was a fun week, um, despite the fact that you guys were not here because I I only worked half the week um, uh-huh. in preparation, obviously, for the sermon and did some other things around the church Monday through Wednesday. Thursday, though, my well, my mom came into town Monday um, and then just hung out. And then Thursday, we left and went up to Seattle <clears throat> with her and uh, the rest of my family, Ashley, as well. Uh, my my grandfather passed some months ago, and so we went actually to Seattle. And one of the piers, the pier that has the the uh, the big Ferris wheel, which I think is like 35 or whatever, there's a ton of piers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we went there, and that was actually where we spread his ashes because he grew up in in the Seattle area. Like he was, okay. that was where he's like he was adopted by a family there and grew up there. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was an interesting. We kind of did a little impromptu, you know, memorial service. Like uh, we went out there, just me and my family, and shared memories, you know, of my grandfather. And uh, I read a little bit from Thessalonians, and we t- I talked a little bit about that, and we. We're looking at that a bit and just kind of, you know, comforting each other in that regard. And then we uh, spread his ashes right over the the pier Mm. (laughs) and like people were watching and things, which was kind of interesting. Um, At first I was like, this is this is just sort of something I've never done before, Mm -hmm. you know, but it ended up being really meaningful. And what's cool is like now, you know, that location you know, we spent some time there and, and stuff like that will be forever remembered as the place where we mm-hmm. sort of, you know, did that. And a, a person, a woman saw us do this from afar. Like, I think she was on the Ferris wheel. And so she came to my mom and gave her flowers oh, that she cool. had. And she was like, I saw that you were doing that. And I just want you to have these flowers. And she was really wow. uh, moved yeah. by that, which was cool. Um, but that was a pretty... Yeah, a pretty fun trip, you know, but it's hard when you have, when you're taking little kids. Mm-hmm. So Piper was, was good, but then also difficult at times. And then, um, anyways, then we got home and then Sunday we had Owen's birthday party too, which was mm-hmm. super fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of people crammed into my house, which actually ended up working better than I thought it would. I thought my house would be hard to host people, mm-hmm. but like we, we made it work. You didn't have a ton of people there. But Not a ton. <clears throat> anymore, it would have been crazy. Probably, yeah. Me. But anyways... It was a, a fun week and uh, for us. But, yeah, Cody, you, you went the furthest. You mm. went on an airplane. Yeah. Disneyland. That was my girl's first time on an airplane, first time to Disneyland. So it was a really, really fun trip. I won't talk too much about it because I feel like you get into the – when you come back from something exciting, you're like you have all this stuff to tell. And, like, there's, like, maybe two people that are like really love Disneyland. They want to hear all about it. And everyone else was like, all right, dude, <laughs> we've been to Disneyland. We know. Great. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We, uh, we did the, uh, the star Wars ride was probably the one that blew me away the most. It was just pretty like, uh, it was a, like a grant on a grand mm. scale. Um, and so that was pretty neat. When was the last um, time you've been there? Dude, it would be like when I lived down there. Oh, wow. Long time so, ago. Then. Yeah. I mean, at least like seven years or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'd been a little while. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff is totally different now than mm-hmm. when we, when we, you know, we had like a little season pass while we were down there. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of stuff is quite a bit different and there was a lot of it closed too for now, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, 
But the kids enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, they loved it. Emily Payne, uh, right before we left, uh, wanted the girls to have a little bit of a little bit of a budget to go into the Disneyland store so she gave them she gave them each some money oh that's cool and so they were excited because uh, she she loves it and remembers her experience <clears> and has keepsakes and stuff she wanted them to that's have that too cool. so they were excited to like they had their little budget that they were you know thinking of what am <laughs> I going to do and so on the last day they got to go into that big old Disneyland store in downtown Disney and and get some you know some keepsakes that they'll be able to keep for a while yeah that's cool remember their first trip so yeah it was real exciting it was fun it was relaxing um but also like crazy when you go to disneyland for a few days of you're course. like pretty tired too, were they tripping know? on the airplane that was their first time yeah they were real excited uh, yeah. that's cool yeah they were yeah watching it take off and like in our our First landing was one of the bumpy ones you oh, know okay when the plane just slams into the runway mm-hmm. and like where'd bounces, you go john you know? wayne uh no Wait, maybe. Is Santa Ana? Is that John Wayne? Uh, I think so. I think so. John Wayne, L.A.? No, No, LA is just LAX. LAX, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was Santa Ana, John Wayne. So, yeah, it was John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was exciting, fun stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I know I was a little bit saddened to miss our podcast, um, and we were going to kind of do like a brief recap of last week before jumping into, into this week. Um, we, we concluded the on Christian Liberty, uh, subject for Romans. Mm -hmm. We were in the beginning of Romans 15, um, on Christian Liberty and what was the title? Jesus, our hope and our example. And I think it was kind of cool because it was a summary of everything he had talked about kind of earlier on in, in chapter 14, um, bringing it it all kind of to a conclusion in verse seven, where he says uh, to the one who is strong uh, in faith and strong in conscience, he says, welcome therefore one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Um, I think for me, as I was studying the passage, I, I, I did the who, what, when, where, how, why sort of framework. Who is he talking to? What is he asking them to do? Why should they do it? Um, I, I think the how really got to me as I was studying the passage because he's really setting this high bar of how, how do we do these things? And I, as I reflected on that, um, I was kind of blown away by his, his answer. You know, he, we, we can do this or how we do it is through the instruction of the word of God, Hmm. um, and, and we do it, we get from the Word of God endurance and encouragement. And I think, we, Cody, you talk about this a lot when we talk about these high and lofty bars of living the Christian life. You know, we're always looking to, what's the code? What's the secret? How do I do it? And it's like, know, dude, was. just do the simple thing. <laughs> just do the basic thing that you're not doing. Like, just read your Bible a little bit on a regular basis. <laughs> Meditate on that and think about that throughout your day. And then the next thing he brings up is he is prayer mm-hmm. uh, as, as a how. And, and we see Paul pray for them. May the God of endurance and encouragement. So you see both in that one simple statement, uh, his prayer, but then the God to whom we're praying for, how we can do this is because the God 
who gives endurance and encouragement will grant you the ability to live with such harmony Mm. with one another. And so uh, the word of God, prayer, and of course, God himself is how you're going to do this. God living in you and through you, it's Mm -hmm. through his power, not through your own, um, that you're able to live in harmony, that you're able to welcome people, that you're able to be this transformed community. And it's sort of this encouragement about I, I was. I think I mentioned this sermon that I heard recently when he was talking about perseverance, and he said, "You know, you must persevere. You will persevere," and and that is encouraging to think like, "Yeah, I I need to persevere. You know, I can't just kick my feet up and think that uh, I'm going to live this holy life and I don't have to put forth any effort." But at the same time, God will make sure. Right. that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion, right? He mm-hmm. is more committed to my growth in Christ than I'm committed to my own growth in Christ. Yeah. And so how are we able to do this is because God's going to work it out in in his people. And anyway, I think the how really, really got to me. Of course, the the why, to what end should we do this was was also a good reminder for the glory of God. Mm. Um, that's That's the end he's looking for. Why should we welcome one another who are different and um, and uh, why should we seek unity and harmony among the body of Christ is, is so that God may be glorified in, in our midst. And anyway, I was, I was impacted by thinking through all of those things. Um, but the welcoming one another is, is, is important because people often want to just get homogenous, get with people who are like them and who think like them and look like them and talk yeah. like them. And yeah, it's easy. You don't have to figure anything out. You don't right. have to potentially be uncomfortable. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just easy. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't reflect the transforming power of the gospel. Right. To bring a diverse group of people together under Christ. And, and I mentioned in the beginning, the good news about the gospel is that God isn't just saving one kind of people but people from all over the world and different cultures. And and he's not also creating only one kind of culture either, uh, and Christian subculture, whatever that is. But there's a diversity of ways in which the church worships throughout the world, and that's that glorifies God. Mm. And uh, anyway, I thought those are our, like important reminders. Um, I don't Absolutely. know if y'all had anything which, to add to that. <clears throat> no, which is a great... Um, apologetic you know for lack of 100 percent yeah that the fact that so many diverse people from different ethnicities different backgrounds different countries different times like and yet still have unity in the one true god through christ is like to me that's that that gives me a lot of encouragement and a lot of dependability on the trustworthiness of the bible and of Christ. So yeah, that's what I was thinking about as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, (laughs) in fact, I was the guy that I was, uh, talking about, we bumped into when we were camping, uh, we got on the subject of diversity and we were talking about ethnic diversity in in churches in our area. And he, he was admitting that the church that he was attending or is attending um, that they have all these conversations about wanting to have diversity in in the church and specifically he was, ethnic ethnic diversity yeah. yes and and he was saying it just seems forced it doesn't feel natural and it and because of that it feels awkward and and I 
I think that in in our area, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, which is predominantly white, um, you know, they want to have ethnic diversity in their churches and things like that. But I was telling him, I'm like, honestly, I feel like some of that is is just because it's more programmatic rather than relational. And Mm. at least it's done in that way, which is why it feels odd. Like you don't need to create a program that creates diversity in your church, just like you shouldn't need to create an evangelism program in your, your church should just be evangelistic right. and, and the same with discipleship because all those things need to flow from relationships. And, but the diversity thing in regard to ethnicity is so funny because if you go to the church in China, you know, they're, they're not doing diversity inclusion programs because like everybody just like is Chinese predominantly, you know? It's just in America, we have a lot of different cultures coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't go to Brazil and say we need... Why is everyone you know, Brazilian? Why is everybody like Brazilian? Yeah, exactly. Or, or when I went to Uganda, you know, these people in this village that we went to, they're looking at me like they've never seen a white person before. And they're not trying to be diverse <laughs> with like different colored skins, you know? And because like literally everybody is is... African they're all black there and um it, it, anyway I think that that is so how do you welcome the stranger welcome the outsider and be a diverse church and I think in your context you need to recognize what is diversity and mm-hmm. it's you know a diversity of thought a diversity of generations um a diversity of experiences life experiences some raised in the church some not raised in the church um you know, people who are affluent, people who don't have that much money. Like there's a lot of diversity. Right. And, and I brought up the illustration of marriage. Like just, you would think these two people have so much in common, they're getting married. And then all of a sudden their first week of marriage and they immediately start fighting because their expectations from their own upbringing comes into that marriage. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I thought she was supposed to mop the floor and I was supposed to do the dishes. (laughs) And, and but she comes in thinking no you're supposed to mop the floor and i'm gonna do the dishes and then there's all there's conflict because you know well my dad he did this for us when we were growing up and i just assumed you would be doing that and then there's conflict and that's a conflict of culture and uh it's love that brings us together in those moments but anyway i just thought that was a funny conversation coming off of that i had just preached on this Hmm. subject but yeah anyway good good summary to that and and Mm -hmm. he gets into it a little bit more in the next few verses, but I thought that was a good break well, because he ends it in verse seven. Therefore, welcome one another as you know God has welcomed you, yeah. which is a perfect. It's a perfect sum- you know summary verse. For oh the, yeah, really the whole the whole section. You know, from where it begins in fourteen <clears throat> one, welcome one another. Welcome yeah. one another, not to fight. Yeah, Therefore, not- welcome one another. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was cool. Another thing, just we can segue with this to the to the current text that we're going to look at, Nehemiah, um, which was really an important point that the Apostle Paul makes in here where he references Christ in verse 3. He did not please himself, but as it is written, and then he quotes from Psalm 69, uh-huh. the reproaches of those who, uh, who reproached you fell on me. And then he almost, and then he, you know, which is one of the ways in which the how, right, is referring to the word of God, like you were mentioning, um, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through encouragement. So he, in here, he gives, uh, you know, a little bit of insight <clears throat> that the things that were written in the past, in the Old Testament, in the Psalms, in mm-hmm. the historical, you know, literature, in the Bible, 
all of that is written for our <clears throat> instruction or through our for our encouragement yeah. and to help us, you know, have hope, have hope. And, Whoa, mm. if God can use these knuckleheads, he can use me. Yeah. And because it isn't about that person, it's about God glorifying himself through broken people. That's right. And uh, a great book is called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. Mm. <laughs> and that's what we are. You know, we're instruments in the Redeemer's hands. But you bring up in verse three is the why. For Christ did not please himself. Why should <clears throat> why should we do why should we welcome somebody different than us? Because and, and Christ not please ourselves us. because yeah. Christ welcomed Christ us. That. But, but the, I think the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on on me is obviously like a you know substitutionary atonement message, but it's also an ethical thing because I, I as the mature person have to bear the failings of the weak person and you know some people come in and it's like it's hard right and so you have to actually suffer yourself in order to minister to these people in order that they might grow right so in that sense there's an ethical imperative mm -hmm. in what jesus did for us of course what jesus did for us also has a indicative which is what jesus did for us in bringing salvation but it has implications on the way I treat people hmm. and uh like yeah sometimes it's in relationships you're gonna suffer and you're gonna suffer loss but the relationship is more important and your desire to uh represent Christ to them is kind of I believe why he's bringing that up it's great yeah and Psalm 69 is a Psalm of David it's about the king enduring um the reproaches of his people you know what I mean and it's just interesting because at the time, <clears throat> I don't, it's hard to say exactly if the psalmist knew, you know, that it was speaking of the Messiah, but then, then the apostle Paul by inspiration of yeah, the Holy yeah. Spirit is, is looking to these and realizing this is applicable. So, um, that's all to say that the old Testament is valuable for us to spend like quality time investing oh, of course. in. And, uh, and the things that we read, which we, this past Sunday, looked at Nehemiah and, uh, yeah. and we looked at that's, that gives us a good, um, uh, rubric or lens through which to look at the old Testament as, as what was written in former days for our instruction. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, I, I was thinking I might make that connection jumping out of Romans, but but I did not, but it was, it's, it's interesting that you just covered it and then we're going to jump back and we're going to look at what was said in former times, you know, yep, yep. in older days under, in the book of Nehemiah. So. Yeah. Well, let me say, I loved your sermon. I thought it was just sweeping, you know, generalization statement. I thought it was, I was ministered to by it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I think the thing that ministered to me the most is at the end when you were like uh yeah nehemiah though he was like this hero but at the end of the day he got pretty frustrated he beat the people yeah. <laughs> dragged him around by their hair dragged him around what are you doing it was and funny then it was like at the end he's like god just remember me for good yeah. <laughs> like i don't know if he could say as paul did I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. You know, oh, yeah. it's like, I mean, he did to some degree, but it was like, you know, so many people in ministry don't finish well. You know, they go 30 years, 40 years, and they, you know, they do all these really great things, and then they do one 
massive blunder at the end of their ministry yeah. and it like stains the whole thing, you know? Well, and that whole section of the Bible is kind of like that Ezra Nehemiah section. It's yeah. like they're these like really cool, like they they kind of get what God is doing. Yeah. And then it's all like just kind of epic followed by epic blunders. Right. Yeah. Of just like not understanding that the like God is doing this thing that's gonna reconcile the world. And yeah. it's just they like stay so narrow minded, like they're kind of doing what God wants them to do and then just kinda like don't quite get it. So it's a really interesting like section of the Bible yeah. to it is to a look really through. pointing toward the need for the true Messiah. Yes. You know? That was definitely the thing that I wanted obviously to point to. And even in Ezra and Nehemiah, which I mentioned in one of my messages, I don't know which one, I think I mentioned maybe in both that they were a connected book and they have overlapping parts. Zerubbabel, who was in, in the beginning part of Ezra, builds the tent, rebuilds the temple, and then they have the ceremony and they're expecting, you know, the presence of God to descend on the temple as mm -hmm. he did after the tabernacle was done away with mm -hmm. and the new temple was established. Didn't happen. Like, mm. they were like, what happened? Then they lament, and the priests are, you know, distraught because they're like, we, we built the temple, what happened? And it's like, that continues to happen through the story where, like, Ezra works to, to reestablish love for the law of God, mm. and let's let's look at, let's read, open the book and read it, and then Nehemiah is building these walls, and, like, they're doing all this work, and ultimately it does lead to sort of an anticlimactic, like, we were successful in one sense that we're following through with God's promises. We're doing what Nehemiah prays about in the section, turning back and you're, you're bringing us back to your land, but they're rec they're realizing like something is still missing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It, rem so. it reminds me of that. Oh, I free I was going to look it up that text where it says, do not say the former days were better. Mm. And, uh, it's like a proverb. Uh, I'm forgetting the, the mm. reference here. I can look it up. But the idea being like, that's what we do, right? We look back on the past and say, man, if we could just go back to that and everything would be okay. Like where yeah. we're at right now, we're all screwed up. We need to get back to Eden. Mm. You know, we need to get back to that moment and, and somehow fix, undo what that was. Or, And I think maybe that's a part of the human condition, but even in the United States, like we, if we could just get back to how it was in the 1950s when like, you know, we just had one car in the garage and like everything was wholesome and like the sandlot, right? You know, kids mm -hmm. played baseball in the field and got dirty and we didn't worry about all that. Or let's just get back to the Reagan era, you know, <laughs> let's get back to the 80s when it was all awesome and we were like the superpower or whatever, you know? I think people have that sort of like, let's restore the past thing. But that verse just reminds me about, um, mm. you know, do not look to the past and say, oh, the former days were better. We just uh, need to get back to that idea, you know? But this is, you know, looking forward. It's almost yeah. like that's what Nehemiah was doing. It was like, man, the gates are destroyed. And like we're bringing up Ezra there. Um, if we just do what we did back then, then we'll bring it back and the glory will be, you know, mm -hmm. back with us. And then, and then it wasn't, you know. <clears throat> it's just kind of funny how that works. Yeah. We need to be looking forward. Yeah, it was funny when I was going over in the conclusion, talking about how Nehemiah was literally dragging them around by their hair and it was so beating funny. them. Aaron just like laughs loudly, but mm. like you're the only one. <laughs> there were other people <laughs> laughing. It was just funny. Like I, I said it in the hallway. I just said it at, <laughs> because that's what the text says. It, it is like kind of funny when you read it. Uh, I didn't actually read that verse, that, yeah. but it's like he literally is doing that. And um, 
And it's just funny that you just started laughing, but you were like one of few, and it was just kind of a funny <laughs> moment. I was like, "Wow, that really, that really." Well, it reminded it actually, it actually reminded <laughs> me of that uh, that Mars Hill podcast. Yeah, because uh, Driscoll was they were playing a clip of that, mm. and Driscoll was mentioning. Do you remember this? Maybe he was talking about that story, and he was like, "Man, there's some pe- some of you, you know, I'd love to do that to I'd you. I'd love to go, go old testament. I'd love to go old testament <laughs> yeah. on you. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like." Dude, this guy is insane. Yeah. <laughs> Who says something like that, you know? Yeah, go old test. That's that's really why I started laughing was because oh. it made me think of this Driscoll okay. comment of like, that's oh, funny. dude, I remember when this guy said that. I, you know, I'd love to go Old Testament on some of you. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, we did go Old Testament. What a great prayer, though. I loved yes. how you brought up the ACTS right. acronym. That was one of my questions. In your guys' personal prayer life, of those, uh, you know, uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, what do you feel like you're weakest in or strongest in? Like, where do you typically land? I mean, I, I would say for me, it's probably the thanksgiving one. I feel like a lot of people, though, is probably supplication. Like, they only go to God when they have a need. Uh, what You mean the thing that you do least or the most? What do you say? Like, I'm saying most i normally lean toward thanksgiving like i just you know am always thanking right. god mm-hmm. but a part of it is like tied into adoration like oh, yeah that's weird they do overlap a, a bit. little bit yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I don't know but then there's some people who are just down on themselves a lot and and overly confess things you know mm-hmm. um not saying that we shouldn't be confessing more and more you know but anyway i feel like thanksgiving is probably like mm-hmm. my stronger one and and adoration is probably the one i do the least and you know how i know is because when i hear my kids pray because my kids pray in relation to my prayers sure. right they're they're yep. learning mm. so they're going to emphasize the things mm. i emphasize and not emphasize the things i don't emphasize so when they pray they're heavy on the thanksgiving <laughs> and i'm like oh that's because they hear me pray a lot with thanksgiving but they're very light on the adoration yeah. So even just two nights ago, I was praying with them. And I mean, I was like lavish on the adoration. <laughs> I was just like, God, you made everything. God, you're powerful. I was just like yeah. lavishing on the adoration because I want my kids to, you know, also adore God, you know, yeah. and think about him in that way. You know what I mean? Well, it's interesting. I feel like when I, you know, like if because I've, I've sat down and prayed the acronym, you know, yeah, and usually my adoration is like full of thanksgiving yeah <laughs> exactly. it's really hard for me to separate those <clears throat> yeah it's like okay i'm adoring god by saying like thank you for <laughs> right, being right, this right. you know like that's kind of the way i tend to adore god is by mm. thanking him yeah but yeah it is interesting they have overlap but i think thanksgiving is probably it's it's personal it's mm-hmm. like how are you adoring God for the personal things that you're experiencing from yeah. him? Whereas adoration in general is like, this is just who God is. Yeah. Apart from any part of me, like, you know, you are creator. You are, you know, well, like here, good. Oh <clears throat> Lord God of heaven. This is verse five. Yeah. The great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Like what a adoring statement. This is who you are. Yeah. And it has in that moment, obviously it has everything to do with Nehemiah and at the same time, nothing to do with Nehemiah. This is who God is apart from Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I, yeah, I think that that's a good, like thinking about those attributes of God are part of the adoration, you know, yeah. like praising God for who he is and what he's done, even apart from your, like your specific things. Thank you for providing me a house. Thank you for putting food on the table. You right, know, right. like we obviously appreciate all that stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Like it's like, thank you for providing me with a house. But then adoration is like, thank you God for caring for your creation. You yeah, know, it's like, right. it, it's a broader, Yeah, like I was, they can be, they can both be phrased in a thank you phrase, but they don't have to be. Right, yeah. You know, thanksgiving and, has to be phrased as thanksgiving, you know, but adoration could be, but you're kind of emphasizing the one you're right. adoring. And yeah, I mean, these yeah. are just these are just helpful things to think about. It's mm-hmm. not like they don't have a lot of overlap. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like this the acts acronym is not something that is like prescribed in the Bible necessarily, but the way that Jesus teaches the disciples to pray seems to follow that you know mm-hmm. what i mean and in so Ma- in matthew 5 you're in saying? matthew and or Luke. is that six <clears throat> matthew i think it's six yeah matthew 11 and uh and also elsewhere when we see different prayers um and also like i mentioned even in this text not every prayer is going to have each of those elements that doesn't yeah. you don't have to have each element to, for it to be a legitimate quote-unquote prayer yeah but i think when you're when you're spending time in uh, in a discipline of prayer, it's helpful to have those categories in mind, you know. Exactly. And we see it in his prayer, and that's why I thought this would be a good time to remind ourselves of yeah. it. Um, but yeah. yeah, adoration definitely. Confession is is it's for some is easy to overlook because it's like I don't want to deal with my stuff. But for others who are kind of I don't know, more neurotic and more worried about their condition. Maybe that's all they do. And that, whoa, whoa was me in their prayers, you know? Mm. And maybe we do at different times. We're more this way and we're more yeah. that way. I, I, yeah. I mean, I like Aaron said, he leans <clears throat> Thanksgiving. I lean, I definitely lean confession. I'm like, dang, here's what I suck at still. God, mm. <laughs> like yeah. that's mm. where I lean for sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's balanced. I'm not like, I'm not like the, uh, what you were describing. Right. Someone who's just like, whoa, they're off the charts, like no self-esteem. And they just sit there and mm-hmm. say like, I'm a worm. What was me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm know? a worm. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, but that, that is like <laughs> where mine tends to go. Like, oh man, what's all the stuff that I've screwed up that I should like tell God about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, for me, it's probably more supplication. It's kind of like, it's hard. Like your knee jerk reaction is like to go and they're like, Oh, you know, Lord God, I need this. I need that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this person. I'm thinking about that person. And you, and I, sometimes I'll jump to that in my, you know, beginning of my prayer. And I need to remind myself to stop. And like this morning I got up and I just like looked out my window and, um, I just have this field behind my house. <laughs> That's actually the field between my house and the police department, mm. but it's just like a field. And oftentimes I'll just like look out the window and just kind of look at the trees and I'll, I'll just think about the, the goodness of God and creation. Like mm-hmm. it, it helps me. That's one of the ways that helped me orient my mind toward adoring him as the creator, you know, mm-hmm. as the sustainer of life and things like that. Cause oftentimes I'll just start to pray and I'll think about all the things that are swirling around my life. Like, Oh, I need this. I need that. This person's going through that. And I want to pray for that. And you know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about my family and, and so I tend to do that more, uh, which is, I, I mentioned it in, in, in my sermon as one of the ways that people fall into a pattern of just communicating with God and not actually communing in a meaningful way. That's a good sort point. Of, they just sort of yeah. rattle through, through the things right. that they need. And it's, it's an easy thing to fall into, but that's kind of, I think, 
maybe the one I would fall into more than the others. Mm-hmm. Well, and I thought your your teaching on that point, you know, that like you you said something along the lines that God's not a firefighter. Like yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. your emergency services that you call 911 when you have like and come put out this fire in my life. Right. Like that he's a loving father and a counselor and you treat those two type of things completely differently. <laughs> like yeah. it's not like just <clears throat> man I got something important that I need fixed. Come fix it, please. You know, right, come right. on over and fix it. Like we we definitely d- go to our dad when we need something fixed. That's for sure. We go to our father, but also we we should probably not only do that. <laughs> like yeah. we need to Hopefully. spend time with our father yeah. in a meaningful way I- in other times. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that was definitely the one of the points I was making, but Yeah. Yeah, I think that the prayer you know, so he goes to the king mm-hmm. and then it's like in that verse, so I prayed to the God of heaven, you know, yeah. in the midst of this conversation with the king. Yeah, it was a really cool point. It it was the, but it was that, oh, God save me <laughs> prayer, you know, I mean, it right. was, the it tax was quick, collector prayer, fast. It, he didn't go through the acts acronym in this prayer. It's like, I pray to the God of heaven, Lord, save me, <laughs> Lord, deliver me, Lord, give me favor lord give me great you know it was definitely a supplication probably prayer totally or like god show me your glory and mm-hmm. of course that the implication of that would be save your people and and the city mm-hmm. that is being yeah. you know laid waste you know fulfill your promises and uh anyway i think those are like good just in in the new testament it says praying without ceasing right, right? it's just this constant realization that God is there mm-hmm. and at any moment I can just like you know have a quick little text message to God you know <laughs> as a as a metaphor like I can send out this quick little note I don't have to have this long phone call conversation I can just send out a quick note and then get the response you know right, right. that I'm that I'm looking for um yeah in yeah, the celebration discipline I th- he, he refers to them as like arrow prayers <laughs> like just like take a second just shoot an arrow up you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah. like just like blast one off real quick you know mm-hmm. i'm i think i was uh this would is a different example because he did it out loud but i remember i was listening to a speaker one time who was kind of stumbling over his words a little bit for a second and uh and he literally like just like mid-sentence just stopped and prayed and was like god help me out i'm trying to communicate something <laughs> you know like that kind of a thing and i remember just thinking like that was pretty cool mm. like he was just like you know and probably some of it was a bit of a teaching moment you wouldn't necessarily do that like you know you're sharing the gospel with somebody at the coffee shop and you're <laughs> like god just out of nowhere they'd probably it'd be kind of shocking but it was kind of a cool moment to just see this guy just be like oh okay god help me out real quick. This is important stuff I'm teaching and I want to teach it well. Like it was like a prayer like that. And I was just like, Oh, that was kind of neat. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you see Paul do this even in the in Romans 15, like you referenced, we just talked about it. He's in the middle of telling them, you know, how to welcome one another and, and through the unity that we have in Christ. And then he just breaks into a prayer. May the God of encouragement and endurance <laughs> give you these things. Yeah. yeah. It's just, that's, and that's the, that's that you know ethic of that Thessalonians verse to pray without ceasing, having a constant recognition of God and and your your understanding of it. Um, but then there's also you know the times where we ought to discipline ourselves to be in a regular uh, prayer and mm-hmm. communication with God that's meaningful and mm-hmm. yeah. So there's all those different different ones, but there's a lot of trip hazards in in prayer and we're going to get to one of them someone sent us a question about it um 
what how did the question go again i think it was about staying focused mm-hmm. in prayer we'll, yep. we'll get to that in a second but i think for me the prayer has been a struggle and and they bring it up in in the gospels of well if god knows everything mm-hmm. and he's going to he's going to work in our lives what's the point of prayer you know and i loved your illustration about the you know you're in the boat and you yeah. throw the line to the island i mean it wasn't mine <laughs> who, who, who <laughs> from was a it? missionary uh here i should pull up who was it cuz that was great um yeah I will I will find it but you can continue Yeah, I, you 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 throw the line to the island. It's not like you're pulling the island to you as if you're pulling God's will over to you, but you're pulling yourself Your over toward the shore, yeah. toward the shore toward God's will. And I thought that was a good uh a good visual for sure to to help, but <clears throat> I think I've struggled in prayer over the last few years because um like I don't even know what to pray sometimes mm-hmm. because the last few years have been so out of control mm-hmm. and chaotic and like I just literally don't even know what to pray sometimes and like when you know Paul brings that up in Romans like when we don't know what to pray the spirit groans inwardly you know and I think that was I was encouraged mm-hmm. by that when I was preaching through that just you know several months ago because I've been in that situation where I'm like, dude, before COVID, you know, when I was dealing with so much catastrophe and relational conflict and, you know, trying to have, you know, reconciling conversations with people and, and them not wanting to have that, you know, it was, it was really difficult. And, uh, and it's like, God, what are you doing? I mean, that was my like, Mm -hmm. Hail Mary prayer. God, what are you doing? You know, like, why is this happening? Like, why is it that, you know, like I felt like uh, Ezra there, you know, we do all the right things and yet you're, you're, you know, your manifesting presence isn't there. What's yeah. at least not in the way that I think it it should be, you know, how, how come I do this? And yet these people didn't go away happy. And it's like, oh, because they were never going to be happy. And it didn't matter how hard you worked, you know, and then COVID hits and I'm like, okay, now we're all totally out of control. And I don't even know what to pray here. Like, God, you're totally in control and you're doing something here. And I know you're going to glorify yourself and build your church, but this is weird mm-hmm. and this doesn't make sense. And I'm just going to trust you. And, and just so the prayers were simpler. They're like, I just got to I'm just going to trust you, God. I'm just going to trust you. And uh, hey, you got this. I, I can't keep the church together. You know where the people are. You know, the ones who are scared at home, you know, the ones who are upset, you know, the one, you know, you, you're the one that has to work this out, God, cause I can't do it. This mm-hmm. is bigger than me. And, uh, but it was, it was a struggle to pray because I didn't know what to pray and, um, and how to pray in line with the will of God. And then just feeling like, well, he's got it all figured out anyway, you know? So sometimes yeah. I would neglect prayer because it was like, well, he's got it figured out. And, uh, and and I I neglected the the communing part mm-hmm. because I just was so distracted by everything going on. You know, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. E. e Stanley Jones is the person who said that he was a missionary. I think he was. Yeah, I don't have a ton of information on him, but I remember hearing this uh, illustration some years ago, and I thought this was really helpful. And I so I looked it up and added it um, to help like deal with that question of like when we do pray 
And uh, there is a notion that we have that God is sovereign. He's in control of everything. So the question inevitably is like, why should I pray if he is going to do what he's going to do? You know, sort of anyway, if God is sovereign, are my prayers pointless or do they have a point? And they do. God, well, there's a lot of different things we could look at, but God wants to spend time with us, like mm-hmm. quality time, because in the in that time is where our will is is conformed into his will you know that romans 12 1 and 2 like how are we transformed by the renewal of our mind through meditating on god's word in prayer and and communion with him and mm-hmm. um so there's more happening than just sort of requesting from you know the the cashier to give us what we want kind of thing but mm-hmm. so i think it just helps us to broaden our understanding of prayer yeah. also god tells us <laughs> like he he tells us to pray and so we ought to um also jesus like in his uh the, one of the parables that always puzzled me is the is the widow and the unjust judge right and he's yeah. like just you i'll tell you luke says he told us a parable that we ought always to pray and not lose heart and it's mm-hmm. such a good little verse. And then he goes into this, this widow is just badgering this judge. And it's basically just like, continue to pray, continue to labor and ask and trust and just continue to pray. Yeah. Don't lose heart. Even when you feel like maybe that thing that you're hoping for is not coming to pass. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and al- always also at the end of it, it's like, you don't, Nehemiah knew God had made this promise to mm-hmm. him and his people. Like if we return to you, you will, you will, you know, take us in from the uttermost parts of heaven. It's like this amazing uh, references to Deuteronomy about the promises that that God made to His people. He knew that was true, but he didn't know specifically that God was going to use him to yeah. lead people to build the wall. Like right. he just knew this is a promise that God made. God is good, and I'm going to now have to make a decision. Like, do I trust God at His promise and make this? go before the king like he was very distraught he was fearful like that whole aspect of the story really gives me a lot of encouragement Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that happens to us all the time right yeah 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 but we can't just you know make our decisions based on our feelings mm -hmm. we have to make it based on god's promises god's word Mm -hmm. and uh and with a lot of prayer Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we can get to the question well before that though i was going to check I haven't seen anything yet, um, but you said people could send their complaints to my email. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's and true. I I haven't seen one yet. I was just checking. No I didn't complaints. I didn't want to misspeak, and I had the complaints. But uh, you're an advocate for never thanking God for your meals. Is that <laughs> what I understood? Honestly, so it's interesting. I was talking to Melody about this because that was really like gave her, you know, food for thought because she, and I don't think she would mind me sharing this. At least I hope she would. And I don't, she's probably mentioned on the podcast before that she was (laughs) sort of brought up in a a legalistic context, a a church that was Mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. uh, driven by works, you know, and it was like, so she is of the mindset in some regard that like praying before a meal is a very important thing. Um, to the point where perhaps it's it's sort of an unhealthy legalism. And I remember hearing a story from Francis Chan. I may have told you guys this earlier in the week. I was considering putting it in the sermon, but I didn't. But he had told a story about how he was so racked with guilt and the requirement to pray before a meal that he he you know he got to the lunchroom at school at a public school and he would pray and he would get sort of badgered and made fun of. 
and he it was so hurtful to him. So then he started to do it sort of in secret because he felt like he could not eat the food until he had prayed for it. And he just ha- he just recognized that this was like a very unhealthy legalistic practice that he had. Mm-hmm. But the whole like praying before a meal, I said, you know, and I, I, I do it, you know, most meals that I eat, especially with my family, because it's a very, and you know, at the dinner table. It's a great, a great time to pray together. It's a wonderful <laughs> time to pray as a family. And it, it provides so much great instruction for your children. Um, and it's also a good thing to do in public when you're with mm-hmm. friends and when you're in a place where it's appropriate and you're able to have a, a prayer and it's not going to interact because it is a, a witness that this is something mm-hmm. that we take seriously, that we recognize the food that we have before us as a gift of God. And I remember one time I was at like a, I was a kid, I was at like a Sizzlers or something, which is like a buffet in California. I don't know. They, do they have those all over the place? Sizzlers? Yeah. There's yeah, Sizzlers yeah, yeah. here. Is that like a national thing? I think so. Anyways. I mean, it's unhappy Gilmore. <laughs> well then it must be a national thing we uh we were there one time i was a kid and there was a, a bunch of my family were there like 20 of us aunts uncles grandparents like and my grand my grandpa uh got up and he prayed for for us in the meal like everyone and there was multiple tables at this point and a guy walked up and he's like oh this must be the the christian section or something like that and it was just kind of a funny comment but it made me think like it was just kind of like so you as a kid i sort of felt awkward but at the same yeah. point it's like okay and there are times in when which that is a good thing to do and then there are other times when if you're doing that and you feel like obligated because of a legalistic you know idea in your head that you must pray otherwise the food is poison perhaps you should think through that a little bit it's like what i was saying because often we just sort of mumble meaningless things it before mm-hmm. a meal yeah. and i think it's probably better that we do it in a meaningful way yeah that was the point i was trying to make i remember i was a uh, uh, my freshman year of bible college i was still living at home and uh and we we joke often about how dangerous like freshmen in bible college are because they just think they know everything now mm-hmm. and i remember uh we were getting ready to pray before a meal and i told my dad i was like i don't do ritualistic prayer anymore I was just like, I, which is like kind of an idiotic statement because like praying in a ritual fashion has like been a practice, uh-huh. uh, like an enriching practice yeah. of people in the church for like as long as the church has existed. So it's a stupid thing to like draw a line on, you know, but my dad was ticked because my dad is like black and white. Like you pray before a meal. That is, that is right. Not praying before meals wrong. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, dad, you're a health teacher. Like, do you honestly think that my body is going to absorb these nutrients differently <laughs> if I pray for it or if I don't? And he just looks me dead in the eye and he says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was just like, he wasn't having it. You will not win I this conversation. Like, you will not like, win. You do not believe that. There's no way you believe that. <laughs> like, uh, that goes against all, like, everything you know about nutrition. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> but he was just falling like, yes, that, that is it so will. Sanct- <laughs> sanctify it to our body. Sanctify this ice cream to my body. Yeah, exactly. That's such a make weird. it wholesome and healthy. That's such I a- know, yeah. But, I, yeah, I just thought that was funny. But, you know, now, like, I agree. I pray for meals all the time but like also at the same time if if i don't one time like yeah. i'm 
God's not mad at me, probably. No, but no. God might be like, "Dang, I wish that dude was more grateful." But yeah. He probably wishes all humans were more right. grateful. Yeah. <laughs> well, then also there's like there's That's times true. in which you're in mixed company and you have people who are not Christians who are at the table. And and you're gonna make everyone feel alienated and right. Awkward it's and like there's this tension where you're like, "I am so holy that I must pray over my meal, but I don't really care about yours." Or you ask them, "I I like to you know bless the meal and recognize that you know God provides food for us." would you mind participating? Some people will be offended. They may not want to participate. So it's hard to, like, I think every, every situation is different. I think the point I was trying to make is like, it's better to have a meaningful interaction with God yeah, rather than something that's either legalistic or shallow or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I wrote down in my notes at that point. Um, and it's not necessarily exactly the point you were making, although I think you were alluding to it a little bit. I think there's probably times that that kind of surface level prayer, like, Actually, it's maybe worse than not mm. praying at all mm. in the sense that, like, maybe you feel like you prayed, like, because, mm. like, all you ever did was you was like, oh, God, thank you for the meal. Or what, what was your uh, <laughs> rub it up, rub it up, thanks, rub it up thanks for the grub. And you're <laughs> like, yeah, I prayed today. Yeah. And it's like, no, you didn't. You, you didn't <laughs> like you were didn't even give God a second thought, as you said, that it was just a thing you say at meal times. And if you feel like you pray often because you do this like surface level garbage, like right. barely even thinking prayer at meal times, then like it might actually be better if you didn't. So you could actually admit to yourself that you don't ever pray. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah interesting. True. The question though from Hannah. Christensen. Yeah, it's a great question. How do you stay? This is everybody's question, really. Yeah. How do you stay focused during prayer? Uh, the struggle with feeling distracted by thoughts that pop into my mind. Do you have any practical help you personally use? I, I mean, I, I wrote down a bunch of stuff, but if you guys have any, uh, take it away. Eric. I mean, I don't personally struggle with this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not true at all. I think everybody does. I think partially because we live in a very distracted yeah. world yeah. and it's, we're conditioned to be distracted constantly. Yep. And, uh, you know, when I actually discovered this about my mind was not so much in prayer was just in reading. Uh, years ago, I, I, when I was starting to go to school and I had to read books and like big books and I'd get through the bottom of the page and I'm like, I don't remember what I just read because like my mind was somewhere else. And I yeah. remember going to, pro, to a professor and saying, I, I don't know what to do. My mind just keeps like drifting in, in my reading and I'm not getting anything out of it. And he gave me the best piece of advice. He said, just keep going. Just, you know, snap back. You you obviously snapped out of it. Like you realized you didn't, you know, read that page or you weren't paying attention. Don't go back. Just keep reading. Just go bring your mind back again. And I think uh, that helped me so much because I felt like I needed to go back and then you get discouraged. And, and he related it to a conversation like, you know, in an hour long conversation, how many times did your like mind drift a little bit or how much are you going to remember out of an hour long conversation, but, but you'll remember elements of it. Um, but you don't need to gain every single detail. And I think, so the word persevere kind of mm. came into my mind when I was thinking about reading, cause I was so distracted in my reading and, uh, man, it's helped me so much. I've grown a ton in my ability to focus in my reading and it helped me in my prayer life. Um, just persevere, but recognizing the problem is that we're so conditioned to be distracted all the time. That's why 
you're distracted in prayer because we don't really know how to just focus on one thing or sit in silence before God and focus on him and have a conversation with him mm -hmm. because we got so many things going on all the time or we have things coming up all the time. So our mind is thinking about what's, what's upcoming, what's upcoming. So part of my uh, encouragement is, you know, work on being focused through persevering and recognizing why this is happening. The, but the second thing is choose a realistic time slot. I know Hannah, she's a, a mom with young kids, right? So <laughs> yeah. like, y you know, you got to plan your time of the day to have a focused time of prayer. Because when you got kids crying or there's a feeding or there's whatever, whatever that needs to happen, then it's hard to be focused in prayer. And mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, <clears throat> choose a realistic time slot. And, and even if you don't have young kids at home, if you're really awake in the morning, then maybe you should pray in the morning. Mm -hmm. If you're, but if you're really tired in the morning, like me, you know, I'm not, that's not when I'm going to jump in and have my quiet session. Cause I'm going to fall asleep. I mm. uh, I need to do it later on, or maybe in the middle of the day or something like that, when I can choose a more focused time for prayer. Um, so I think choosing the right, a realistic time slot for you and knowing your like work rhythms and those kinds of things. Uh, if you've got all these things going on, you know, you can't just like say, oh yeah, you know what, this is my time. I'm going to pause for prayer. You know, um, it, you may be more distracted. Uh, a couple other simple things is write out a list, yeah. uh, like journal, you know, maybe, maybe you can journal in the adoration, uh, or I mean, I'm sorry, the acts acronym mm -hmm. right? and just write some thoughts in there. Like, Hey, today I'm going to adore this about God today. I'm going to confess this uh, going on today. I'm going to give thanks for that. And I'm going to pray, you know, interceding or supp uh, supplication for this. Um, so writing out a list can be helpful because even if you get distracted, you can come back to your list and be like, okay, right. I prayed for that. Now <clears> I'm going to come back to this. Yeah. And I don't think that's routine. I think that's just building a healthy habit and, uh, habit is, you know, their habits of grace. Um, and then finally using scripture to inform your prayer and if you're reading a Bible passage, then you can use it as a, as a catalyst, as a launching pad for, uh, for the focus. So this is how do you stay focused in your prayer, which probably has to do with your mental focus. But mental focus is also being focused on a particular subject. So if you're using scripture to inform or bring focus to your prayer, then that can also help you mentally stay focused in your prayer. And, and, in regard to timeline, you know, if you're trying to stay focused for an hour right away, you know, that's not going to work, but like going to the gym, right? Like if you're just starting to go to the gym, like just go for 15 minutes and, and then work up to an hour. Yeah. Uh, but, and the same thing with prayer, if, if you're trying to just jump in and pray this focused prayer for an hour, you know, you're not gonna be able to do that. So no. start out like 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, focused prayer and then you know you'll be able to grow from there i don't know those yeah. are some i don't know if you guys <clears throat> want to add to that yeah i mean I, I there's a couple that stand out to me uh one is uh, a prayer practice i don't use it often but uh someone kind of walked me through a prayer practice one time um and this is not it's not biblical but it's not not biblical um it's just you don't find it in the bible but it was kind of a nice little like mental exercise and mm. he was uh, you know, leading a group in prayer 
and uh, he he had us imagine uh, like a table set out in front of us, and he said, as thoughts come into your mind, like in your imagination, just take that thing, whatever it is, it's by, it's your kid, it's your whatever, it's the thing at work, and just set it out on this table and just leave it there. So one at a time, as these distracting thoughts pop into your head and just set them out because you'll be able to pick those back up yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you'll be able to think about them again. But it was just kind of that, that practice of mentally like removing these things from your thought and just setting them out. I know they're still there. I'll be able to get back to them. And it was kind of a nice, like, you know, centering practice of being able to clear things, but something I do do all the time and mostly because I'm super ADD and I do get really distracted um, is, uh, is breath prayers. I'll do, uh, you know, breathe in Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, breathe out, have mercy on me, a sinner, you know, mm. loosely based off of the, you know, the man who beat his chest, right. <laughs> uh, you know, in the temple and said, I'm a sinner. <clears throat> um, but that's some, that's a practice people have been doing for, you know, long history of, of Christianity, um, and I, that's pretty much how I start all of my prayer time is just sitting down and doing that. Usually I'll like set a timer and I'll just like, cause it takes me that long to get and Like that's where all my distractions pop into my head while I'm doing that. And it's real easy to not have to go like, Oh wait, what was I praying about again? Let me get back on track. It's like, it's this <clears throat> simple prayer that's incredibly meaningful. It focuses on Jesus, focuses on my need for him. Um, and I can just like, it's easy to jump back into that. I don't have to think, was I praying for my aunt right there? Mm. Or what was I, you know, I'm just like, okay, hang on, Lord, <laughs> Jesus Christ, have mm. mercy on me because I'm a sinner. And I did, and I can come back to that over and over. Um, but one of my professors, professors in college, uh, he runs a ministry, um, you know, that is just a soul care ministry for pastors. Like he has a little retreat center, him and his wife are professional counselors, um, and he's a big advocate of those type of breath prayers. Um, and, uh, he's, he's got an article. I'm looking at it right now, not even really an article, but it's just breath prayers based on scripture. And, uh, you know, you can use them for anything you're studying in the Bible, uh, any, you know, but he's got a few that he suggests and how to use them. But, uh, if you wanted to go look at this, it's just breath prayers from the Bible, uh, from his organization called Soul Shepherding. SoulShepherding.org has this breath prayers from the Bible. And it's got a whole list of how you might take a chunk of scripture and use it that way. Hmm. Um, so it's a helpful list if you wanted to go. That <clears> and that school. helps to like slow your mind down. Exactly. It helps to, yeah, focus. And then, so you wouldn't just do the breath prayers. That's no. like your, your entryway into like calming right. yeah, your and mind. To, yeah, and, getting, yeah. And, and that's what I say. It's not like both of those things that I'm mentioning they're not not biblical, mm -hmm, but you're mm -hmm. not going to find it in the Bible. Right, but that's right. the thing is like not everything we do. I'm going to be careful how I say this. Not everything we do has to be found in the Bible. Right, right. But it has to jive with scripture. Exactly. So like nowhere in the Bible did Jesus go like, here's how you pray. Sit down and focus on your breath. Yeah. And really like some of that. Yeah. Probably you could find in other places the focusing on your breath, you know, although Christianity is an Eastern religion. So it yeah. has a lot of similarities to things that we think of traditionally as Eastern religions. If what you're doing, you're rooting it in scripture and you're just thinking of scripture while you're breathing in and out and like, you know, calming down for yep. a second, like that's, there's nothing bad about that. No. <laughs> I, and, you know, I would add to that because remember I was saying about the reading 
um, and how I was getting distracted in my reading, I was like sitting on this really comfy couch and like legs up. Like that's not a posture that worked for me. So yeah. what I ended up having to do was get a chair that sat upright and I would lean into a table and and read a book. I was in a sort of a a uh, aggressive posture for reading. I wasn't in this like reclined position because then I'm relaxed and I'm not really like engaged really in the reading. And I think I think posture does have something to do with. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do we talk about a posture of prayer in a metaphorical sense, but I also think in a realistic sense there is a posture that that we need to have in order to be engaged in in our prayer time. So not just a realistic time slot, but having a good posture uh, when we pray that I think will help stimulate us to to be, you know, praying. I, one of the things I like to do is I take my dog for a walk uh, at the Malala State Park. And when I, when I do it, it's like this perfect opportunity for me to pray. So yeah. when you walk and pray, is kind of cool because walking is pretty mindless, mm -hmm. and and so I and you use can't it. Fall as, yeah, you can't fall asleep. Yeah, you can't fall asleep. And you know my phone is l not on. You know, like and I just can pray, and the dog runs around, and I'm not throwing the ball with him. I'm not doing anything. I just walk and pray, yeah. and I know it's like a 20, 25 minute walk. Um, so anyway, it's a good yeah. it's a good practice for me to do that. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, I've uh, heard uh, a few people, and I did this too when I was commuting in California, when you're commuting in your car, if you drive yep, long distances yep. and you're alone, that's a really good Turn time. Turn your radio off. Pray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a really good time to do that. I mean, I think Jesus taught, when he did teach the disciples how to pray, you referenced in your communion meditation, which I thought was really helpful, that this is the thing that they wanted information about, teach right. us how to pray. And he says, yeah, you know, go into a private location. Like, this is not something you need to flaunt. Right. And we and then and then he he teaches them by giving them this simple prayer. And I think one of the ways that I keep my mind focused, I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but um, there's a couple different things that I do. I think you're in, being informed by scripture is really mm -hmm. important for me. It is because mm -hmm. one of the things that happens often is you'll you'll either get very formulaic and do the same thing and you'll get tired of it and then your mind will wander and it's confusing. The nice thing about using the Bible uh, to help structure the things that you want to focus on with regard to adoration or confession mm -hmm. or thanksgiving or supplication, it helps to vary up your prayers yeah, a lot. Yeah. So one of the things that I do is, um, which I think is advocated by Martin Luther wrote about this. This this was suggested through Tim Keller's book on prayer. But anyways, you basically take the Lord's prayer, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, yeah. your kingdom come, your will be done. Teach each like sentence you can pray that and then apply it specifically to your current situation, yep. your whatever. So it's, it, he calls it like riffing off the Lord's prayer. So yeah, that's a great one. You say like our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then you take some time to, to adore God for the, mm -hmm. his holiness, mm -hmm. for the fact that he is not like us, that he, you know, doesn't hold grudges, that he is, uh, he doesn't show favoritism. You just sort of take that reality and, mm -hmm. and think about it and adore God in all the ways that he is holy and set apart. And then your kingdom come, your will be done. You think about 
you know, the, all of those things, the reality of, of not only, you know, the second coming and, and all of that, but also just the things in our own life where we want to see God's will conformed our own heart, our own family, you know, all those situations. And then asking, you know, give us this day our daily bread. He, he, and forgive us our debts, confessing mm-hmm. sins, asking for things that we need in our daily life. Like that's a really helpful way when you're like, I don't know what to pray or I'm getting distracted. Just ha- print out the Lord's prayer go through it line by line and yeah. add to it things that are more connected to what you're going through. So that's a method that I have used and continue to use. Another one I mentioned uh, previously in a podcast too is the th- like three A's where you'll read a psalm or a section of a psalm. From that psalm, you'll pick something to adore God for. So like Psalm 1, um, you know, you think about the goodness of his word and how mm. it, it plants us and, and allows us to bear fruit. You adore God for that. Then you um, admit. So Mm. basically adoring, admitting is confessing. Mm -hmm. I fall short. God, I need to be in your word, meditating on it day and night, like this person in Psalm 1. And I I need to do that. And I don't always do that. Lord, help Mm. me, you know? So you, you admit that. And then the last is to aspire, which is how, how can I practically make a change to get to the goal of what I'm admitting I'm falling short on? And I know that Mm. you have the power to do Mm. so those adore, admit, aspire three A's to think about in prayer, praying the Psalms or Proverbs Mm. or any part of scripture. That's another way. So that was a lot. We gave a lot of different things to think about. But I feel like there was a a somewhat common theme of like anchoring it somewhere. Like anchoring your prayer somewhere easy to come back to. And the obvious place for that is scripture of some kind, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're, because I think the, uh, the unrealistic goal would be to say, I'm going to practice so much that I won't be distracted in my prayer anymore. Yeah. That's an unrealistic goal. Like you still are going to have your same brain, your same stress, your same worries, and they're going to pop up. Um, and so the, the idea of having somewhere you're anchored to that you can easily jump right back into prayer. And maybe sometimes the things are so stressful and so distracting that that's what your prayer is about that day, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I I think that there's a reading, like we went through Nehemiah, right, and read his prayer. Um, I picked up a book a long time ago called The Valley of Vision, mm. and it's a book of Puritan prayers. And that's another way to stimulate subjects because you'll read this book and each each page or two pages is a single prayer and they all have different themes and they break it down into different subjects and stuff like that. So it's kind of a good resource to pick up because then you read it and go, wow, they prayed, you know, way better than I do. But it'll help you um, to think through how to pray and how to go through the acts or the the AAA thing like you were just talking about. Um, but I anyway, that's a good a good resource. One thing that helped me too, I went through some dry spells in praying like early on. And it's okay to pray in groups. I, I like we focus so much on like praying as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you can grab two people to pray with, I feel like that's actually even better. Yeah. Because um, again, we think of <clears throat> Daniel and how he went up to his room and prayed, you know, opened the window, and he did that three times a day. Like, yeah, a lot of people are really good in personal prayer, but. I'm I'm giving a plug here for your 8 a.m. prayer <laughs> meeting on Sunday morning. Like, yeah. like when you pray with with like two or three people or like five people or a little bit more, you know, you don't want the group to get too big. But when you have like some prayer buddies, 
you know, their prayers help you mm-hmm. to get better in prayer and more focused in prayer. And, you know, they stimulate one another, you know, in, in prayer. So anyway, that's a, <clears throat> another thing is maybe, you know, grabbing one person and maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's like once or twice a week. You know, you maybe it's every time. Sunday morning. Maybe it's every eight Sunday to eight twenty. But if you can't do that, what I'm saying, yeah. if, if you're Hannah Christensen and it's like, dude, I got, I'm getting kids ready in totally. the morning. Um, you know, if you can find a, you know, a couple moms or an older lady, you know, to pray with once a week, uh, that's that will definitely help you to be focused in prayer and don't feel like you have a a lame communion with God because you're not by yourself. You know, like it's it, it's actually great when the body of Christ gets together in those smaller groups and you'll find your prayer life get a little bit bolstered. Also, even if you're alone, pray out loud. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because you kind of can't get lost when you're actually forming the words and making the sounds with your mouth, you know, (laughs) like you can, but it's much more difficult when you're just silently in your mind. It's very easy to wander. Uh, That's true. Well, you know, and you bring it when I was reading, that's what I did. I, I actually mumbled the words out loud, like in my office. I would <laughs> I would have my finger on the page and I would mumble the words. Yeah. And yeah, I found that my retention went way up and uh, and my focus went way up. You're totally right. You should yeah. definitely, you know, maybe not screaming out loud no. <laughs> and throwing like sackcloth and ash on you during your confession time, but you can mumble the words for sure and it'll <laughs> right. be you know, focused or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, are we running? How are we going on time here? Dude, we're doing, we, we're doing, we're uh, doing good. We're good. I, I actually don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I we can, we're, we're, long. we're long. long. Those you were want, good. You want your trivia? Uh, we need our volunteer of the week. Time for oh. Bible oh, we'll do a volunteer of the week. Next. Yeah. Cause I hit, right I hit the wrong. It's I hit good. the wrong sting. So all good. All right. Well, uh, I'm still on Romans trivia, even though oh, we left Romans man. for a little bit. But it might be an easy one. Okay, okay. All right, so without looking. Okay. Without looking, what is the first word of the Book of Romans? I. Yeah, I think it's I. No, 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 no. I, Paul, no? No, no. Paul? Um, Hold on, hold on. Um, Um... Oh my goodness! I don't know what the first <laughs> two, word is. two. I don't know what is it. Jeez. Rob, Rob pretty much had it. It's Paul. 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 Okay. It's not I. Paul. It's just I, okay. Paul. Paul. Which is kind of funny. Apostle. Yeah. It's kind of funny way to start they, a letter. Just your name. Yeah. Uh, Cody. <laughs> Cody, <laughs> worship pastor of Cami Christian Church, <laughs> yeah. welcomes you. And that's pretty good. I thought I thought you guys would probably get it. All right, Ray for volunteer of the week. I. Yeah. Volunteer of the week. All right, volunteer of the week. That one this week is Andy Bly. He's like our very newest, brand new volunteer. He volunteered for the first time on Sunday. Played electric guitar for Mm -hmm. our worship team. Talented dude has led worship other places. uh, Has has worked as a worship pastor Mm -hmm. in churches. Yep. Uh, You know, plays a couple different instruments. So it's really fun. They're members of the church or working. Recent no recent members. Recent members a couple weeks ago. And so cool one uh, to add to the team. Uh, So if you see him around tell him he's a volunteer of the week and tell him uh that you're glad he's using his talent and his skill to uh you know glorify god amongst us and Mm -hmm. and encouraging all us in worship we show no partiality 
because anyone can be volunteer of the week, even if you just volunteer. That's yeah. right. He <laughs> your uh, first day or your Andy. Andy uh, he d- he does water for work. He like he sells water machines, so he calls himself Andy Bly the Water Guy. Um, <laughs> I did not know this, but did he, I, actually, now I have to call him that. Andy Bly the Water Guy. But in fact, one of the cool things about him is he has a real heart for ministry yeah. and for pastoral ministry. He was actually a interim or like a fill-in pastor for a couple smaller churches when he lived out in the Midwest and stuff and uh, small little like rural congregations. Mm-hmm. And he went to Trinity uh, School Seminary and got his master's degree in theology nice. under uh, whoever was there. But D.A. Carson is the main uh, president of the school there. Great school in the United States. And D.A. Carson is amazing. And he got his master's with a focus in expositional preaching, mm. which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, the, the dude is very gifted, has a heart for ministry, heart for people. And I'm excited to see how the Lord uses him and his wife and, and kids in the church. And uh, but, yeah, I'm, it's it's and he took the time. He didn't. We didn't just plug him in right away. Oh yeah. In the worship team and said, "Yeah, get up on the stage. You've got all this experience. Like, dude, we I don't know you. You know, <laughs> we want to get to know you." And the cool thing about that was he submitted to that. You know, yeah, it wasn't like he a, just walked in and was like, "Hey, I'm Andy Bly, the water guy. I was a pastor. <laughs> I've got a master's degree. I've got all this experience. I'm Throw me guitarist. in there, coach. Throw me in. I'll be the you know lead guy. Like, you know, those are the people that don't get used. You know, mm. and." uh they had it's there's some entitlement he's got none of that he was super no. thankful to jump into the process and be really patient and won a ton of points for me when when he did that you <laughs> yeah, know absolutely and so yeah we're we're really thankful for him but i'm excited to see how how the lord uses him in our church for sure yeah. but i mean i'm i didn't even know you had a point system so <laughs> how yeah, many points yeah. do we have yeah what's our score well i don't know you're here <laughs> <laughs> and then we wanted to mention that Easter is coming, like Easter. so insanely fast. It's incredible. Yep, yep. Uh, and you got a series in mind. Yeah, well, a really, <laughs> a really fully thought out series. Completely you have in mind, right? planned. Cody's joking because I was going to go on Romans this week and then do Easter <laughs> the next two weeks, but I realized as what Rob was preaching, I'm like, I can't go into Romans for one week and then quit it again. <laughs> so we're going to jump into a full on Easter series starting this week road to the resurrection and we're going to focus on some resurrection themed passages uh the first one we're going to do is the transfiguration which people don't look at that and think of it as a resurrection theme but you'll see why we chose that when we get there this sunday and then the next one is the sadducees because they didn't believe in the resurrection (laughs) so that'll be a fun kind of an apologetic uh of why the resurrection is biblically um, informed from the Old Testament, even not just from the New, and uh, and then of course we'll get into Good Friday. We'll have a Good Friday service, which are always awesome services to have. We'll focus on the cross, and then Easter Sunday, where yeah. we'll focus on the resurrection directly. Sounds like a so, whirlwind of uh-huh. a month. I I do want to comment that we had our highest attended Sunday, which was cool. Um, we had it two weeks ago. Uh, and almost 200 people and then we had over 200 people this last week and it's just it's just funny you know like if i can confess for a moment two years ago a little less than two years ago after we reopened from the covid lockdown and all that stuff 
I, I just remember preaching to seven people <laughs> in the room uh, because of the regathering in groups of 25 and to see what God has done over the last couple of years and seeing who he has brought to our church and um, the disciples that are being made and the culture that's here now. It's just, it's really a wonder to behold what God can do. And and again, I go back to that like lack of control. I, I have no idea why God does the things he does and the way he does it, but you just trust his ways and trust his goodness. And, um, and I'm not like a big numbers person at all, but it is kind of funny when you know these people and you hear their stories and um, yeah, it was, it was really exciting. And uh, I praise the Lord for that for mm-hmm. sure. And excited for things to come. I'm excited for the first service kids ministry to start up again oh, this that's week. Right. I'm news. excited for the preschool position to help Ashley out. Cause we've got so many young families mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that there's someone within our church that God's going to use for that position. And I mean, it's not huge. It's basically Sunday morning, you know, you're, <laughs> you're being paid to be there and then a few hours of prep in the week. Um, so it's not some big, big position, but it, at the same time, a very important position. Yeah. And we want to take that seriously um, because we're ministering to our families and stuff like that. And so that person who is committed uh, to Christ, to the church and to what we're trying to accomplish here, like that's, that's the person that we believe God's going to call to be mm-hmm. a part of that. So anyway, exciting stuff and uh, looking forward to the future. Yeah, we have that link up on our website if you're interested. Yes. Thank so you, Rob, for making the link. that out. Absolutely. Canbychristian.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of my uh, one of my favorite parts <clears throat> of your sermon, Rob, was when you told the story of working at KFC. <laughs> yeah. How you say, thank you for choosing KFC. <laughs> hey, yeah. this is Rob. And then you said you answered the phone that way, which I thought was funny because you were, said you just hung up. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Just hung up. What are you going to do? True. You're so embarrassed. It's true. <laughs> you didn't even wait to see what it was. But I thought we could just end the, the podcast by saying thank you for choosing Can't the Canby Christian Church podcast. <laughs> this was Cody. This is Aaron. Adios. I'm Rob. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to this On Sunday episode of the Canby Christian Church podcast. For more information about Canby Christian Church and its ministries, visit canbychristian.org.